Hello everybody, and welcome to the Cinema Catch-Up Club, the podcast for films that you probably should have seen by now. I'm your host, Dr. Stephen Platt. Thank you very much for downloading this week's episode. And this week, it's an in-memoriam episode. Uh, But for someone who is not technically part of the world of film, but in a way, is. Uh, This is our memorial episode... Uh, for a monarch, which I think is the first time we've done that. Uh, yes, because we are recording uh, about a fortnight after the passing of Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II. Um, we thought we might wait until all the official mourning was done. And, you know, they've gone through the whole ceremony. We have King Charles III and everyone's sort of getting used to like all the coins changing and things like that. Uh, but we, we still wanted to, to mark it, um, not because this podcast has been secretly a pro-monarchist um, agenda or anything like that. It's literally just she's a key cultural figure from the last 70 years and is absolutely somebody that has maybe more so than any other recently living real person, uh, somebody who has appeared in media as a character. Um, and we thought, what better way to mark that than to watch The Queen? The film from 2006. Uh, joining me as always, we have someone who has seen the film before and someone who has not. Our guest who has not seen the film, it is Kate O'Sullivan. It's tradition now. I can't watch movies. What do you mean? Yeah, well, you're too busy at the museum. You, you were telling me your work schedule yes. just before and you're at the museum all the time. Yeah, museums and t- and D&D is basically my life at the moment. Yeah. Um, how, how are you, Kate? Good. Uh, I am halfway through an insane two weeks, so we're going to get there. It'll be fine. Mm. Sitting down and watching a movie sounds like an excellent time right now. So what do you know about the movie The Queen? Uh, I know it has Helen Mirren in it. Mm-hmm. I know it has Martin Sheen in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know... No? Am I wrong? Different Sheen. Different Sheen. Michael, that's the <laughs> one... I knew what, I knew why it's worse because I knew who I meant. I could see the face. I just got the yeah. name wrong. Um, I was, like, I was just Sheen. nodding. You could have said Charlie Shane. And I'd have uh, no, I knew yep. it wasn't that one. That's fine. <laughs> uh, I know that this is the film that meant that Helen Mirren got invited to meet the Queen and said no because she was too busy being all Hollywoody. That's mm. about it. That's about okay. where I got to. <laughs> Excellent. And uh, oh, and it's got it's the the Diana time period. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's it. Um. Uh, and and the, the the queen the person the queen the person the queen the person um uh, dearly departed yes um uh do you have any general thoughts on on her I her mean, position in my society my grandfather was ox is is was oxford uh, british mm. so had you know the the queen was a presence in the sort of narrative of when he was still alive and when i was in primary school i was part of a choir that performed when the queen lit the the flame of remembrance at king's park so ah. that's about my extent of, of queenliness so uh, you've so yeah. you've seen the queen i've seen the queen oh excellent well <laughs> from a distance and you know in the sun but yes okay well, i think this is a game we can play because yeah. i've also seen the queen mm. maybe we should figure out who was the closest <laughs> oh, God. um because i i was reasonably close I was probably further. I, I would probably yeah. guarantee I was further away because I was part of a choir, so that probably mm. means we were a decent distance away, not blaring in her Majesty's ear. Yes, the the one and only time that I saw Queen Elizabeth, mm. I was thirteen, mm-hmm. and I was living on the Isle of Man, mm-hmm. and it was her last. Ne- well, now they didn't mm. say that at the time; they didn't know, but it was her last <laughs> visit to the island because, uh, uh, obviously, being the queen, she's the head of state for a lot of countries, including the Isle of Man, where, rather pleasingly, her title is not Queen, it is the Lord of Man, which yeah. is just a great title. Yeah. Uh, but she was there for Timwald, um, for the, the big 
Parliament Day in the Isle of Man and uh, part of being in the Isle of Man involves uh, being driven in cars from place to place. Yeah. And the thing about the Isle of Man is it's not very big. No. So you really only have one road that you can take, whether yeah. you're a monarch or not. And the road went through the village that I lived in. And because we all knew that, we all went down. The Basically, the whole village just went down to like yeah. see her basically turn a corner. <laughs> um, but she was there. She had a wave. I reckon I was a good maybe 10 feet from her like yeah, pretty, pretty you, close you were definitely closer but mm. i will say you had a vehicle between you that's and her, the thing whereas i mm. she was out of like she was in fresh air when yeah. i saw her so yeah i mean we we, we could see her though and um, yeah. my dad swears that she winked at him because uh, I, we reckon it's just that when she drove the sun the hit sun her eye at that point yeah. he's like no 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 she she was winking yeah. so she knew what was up yeah, yeah. all right well joining us to see uh if he can also play our game of have you seen the queen uh, <laughs> and also that he's seen this film uh, it's murray jackson mm, hello Stephen. how are you murray <laughs> i'm fine Stephen. yes um murray let's let's start with the film uh, mm. the queen mm. you have seen it i have seen this in a vague non-spoilery sort of way what can we expect from this film well, you can expect the Queen. Okay. Um, so th- there's that. Uh, look, it touches on um, the um, time period after um, the, the the sad uh, departure of um, uh, Diana and uh, how the monarchy reacted to that and focusing specifically on, obviously, the Queen and um, for what was for her i suppose a, a rather trying time and, and a time in which um the uh monarchy weren't perhaps seen in the best light mm. uh so yeah and it's directed by stephen frears who's one of my favorite directors um uh some of you might know his previous work uh, high fidelity with uh, john cusack which is probably in one of my top ten films. Which I have seen. Ah, <laughs> there we go. There we yes. Go. Um, Was there any temptation for them to call this film Highness Fidelity? Just... <laughs> oh, well, there we go, Steve. Highness Fealty, I think. Boom, boom, at. boom, as they say. Uh, the Grifters, he did The Grifters. Mm. Also, oddly, now I think of it, John Cusack was in a lot of his films. Mm. Um, and uh, a delightful little film called The Van with um, Colm Meany, um, who is probably best known from Star Trek, The Next Generation and Deep Space Nine. Uh, so, yeah, um, very bullish on Stephen Frears. Uh, he does a terrific job in this, of directing this. And uh, Helen uh, Mirren, uh, Dame Helen Mirren, mm-hmm. um, thankfully in this film, uh, keeps her clothes on, which is, which is always a good thing. Uh, if you're playing the Queen. Um, it's been a while since I've seen this, Stephen. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I seem to recall enjoying it. Okay. Very much. And uh, for our game of Have You Seen the Queen, Murray, have you seen the Queen? I was thinking about this the other day, Stephen. I have vague memories mm. of being around about eight years old mm. and being carted down to the middle of town in Auckland Um to see the Queen in, in person. Um, I'm still not totally convinced memory's not cheating me here. But mm. yeah, I think it was around about 1975. I know it's a very long time ago. I'm sorry, I'm very old. Uh, but yeah, I, I do have memories of, of going to see the Queen. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, how close do you reckon you were then? <laughs> oh, God, Stephen. I'm, look, 
As, can, I, as, can, I've, as I've just you... said, I'm not even convinced I was there, okay. let alone specific <laughs> memories. But, well, yeah, it's what yeah, they say within about the Queen. Probably, you know. um, if you can remember meeting the Queen, you were yeah, there. But. Yeah. <laughs> within, you know, the being able to see her and, and um, yeah, wave at her and mm. that sort of stuff, yeah. I, I just have vague memories that we did that mm. when, when I was a kid. Okay, well, with all that being said, shall we watch The Queen? Why not? Of course. And for those of you listening at home, pop on those DVDs, load up those streaming services, and prepare to send her victorious, happy and glorious, long to reign over us. We're watching The Queen. God save her. Welcome back, everybody. We've just finished watching The Queen, the movie. Uh, just, I feel it's really important yeah, to specify that. We're just watching The Queen. Yeah, <laughs> right now that would be um, ooh, problematic. Uh, but yes, we're back. Uh, and by we, I of course mean Murray Jackson. Hello. And Kate O'Sullivan. Hello. Kate, that was your first time watching The Queen, the movie. What did you think? It is a really weird film to watch given the current state of the world's dynamics. Mm. It's... It's a it's a roller coaster. I was somewhat prepared for, but also unbelievably not. Yeah, so it's it is about the the week of the death of Princess Diana, yeah. who obviously died in a car crash in nineteen ninety seven, and yeah. it was very tragic and unexpected and all of those things. But the film really is about the the how the royals deal with it, how mm. Tony Blair, the newly elected prime minister, deals with it, and how the British public deal with it. And I think. Uh, what, we, what what comes out of it is uh, the the royal family didn't particularly deal with it in a way that everyone else thought maybe was the way that they should have. And it's it's really interesting comparing that experience with the one that we've just had. So mm. for context, we're recording three days after the Queen's funeral. Well, I mean, we are recording literally 14 days after the death of yeah. the monarch because today was the public holiday in Australia, which makes it 14 days after. Yes. That's how that works. That's yes. why... We had a public holiday on a Thursday. Yes, and we thought we'd mark it the only way you should by, by doing queen-related queen <laughs> activities. But 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 I mean, it is it is very strange. Yeah. I I do wonder if that's going to color because I also hadn't seen this film before. Yeah, I wonder if that's going to color our viewings as first-time viewers because when when I was I have to admit when I saw the footage because these real footage yeah of all the flowers outside Buckingham Palace I was like. Well, the Queen that could be done like a week ago. Holy what, what, Moses. Well, it was interesting. I went to, well, the Queen didn't get that many flowers. Yeah. I was like, but then again, I suppose there's a difference between like a 96 year old lady dying of natural causes and somebody dying in their 30s in a car crash unexpectedly. It's also the cost of flowers these days, Stephen. Uh, true. True. We are actually, yeah, didn't consider that. And but- I mean, you know, there wasn't quote unquote the queue, which I stand by will be a film that this podcast will review in about 20 years time well, with Helen Mirren <laughs> with in, Helen a, Mirren in a queue in it, yeah. yeah yeah um but it's it so so I'm trying to sort of push aside the current context yeah but I almost feel like that's a little disingenuous yeah it, in terms of just as a film trying to remove sort of like our, our sort of cultural connection to this current moment and that moment mm. 25 years ago um it's a strange film I think it does a really good job of melding, quote, like, uh, original footage with Mm. newly taken footage. Mm. But in doing so, 
feels like a dated movie because it's got very dated footage in it because the footage is from 1997 mm. in parts. And so it's it's a really odd thing to watch and is also not similar to a lot of films that are made today. Mm. You, The style of film is very different and the structure of it's quite different. We would typically see this as a television series now. Mm. Well, I mean, not a film. The, the people that wrote this literally went on to write The Crown. Crown, yeah. Like it's, yeah, there, there mm. are those connections there. Murray, this was your first time watching it, um, I'm going to presume, since it came out. Ooh. Or around that time period. Yeah, it, it's been a while. Uh, how, how was it revisiting? I'm really struck by the performances. Mm. Um, I think everyone involved in this really got into their characters in a in a really deep way. Mm. Uh, not just Helen Mirren, but everybody um, playing all the, all the, all the minor roles, and I, I think that's what makes it. For me, I, I thought it was quite compelling. I got sort of swept up in it, to be honest. Um, but then I think Stephen Frears is a very, very good director, as I've already said. So that didn't surprise me at all. But um, yeah, in, in in terms of just capturing such a small part, you've got, you've got this movie called The Queen, and yet it it's focusing, oddly enough, on the events surrounding someone that isn't the Queen at all. Mm. Um so I, I, I think that's the interesting take on it, isn't it? In that it focuses on a very small part of, um, you know, Her Majesty's uh, reign. Yeah, because when I was coming into this, before I did my research, I, I didn't know that it was specifically about the, the week of Diana's death. Mm. I, I knew that that was probably going to be part of it because it was a significant event in, in the life of the Queen. Um, but yeah, I didn't realise that it was kind of only about that week. And in a way, it makes sense that a film focuses on a figure that is as well known um, as the Queen. It's the fact is, is we have a soon to be six series um, TV show based just around her reign. That's the, it, it, you know in the Crown. That that is an appropriate medium to show the whole scope or like or a large part of the scope of that character's mm. slash real person's life. Um, but it feels weird calling this film the Queen when it's it is about her, but it's not really about her as the Queen. Almost, it's 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 strange. It's almost uh, like it should be called the monarchy. But also, it's I can't work out what you would call it. Yeah, like calling it the monarchy doesn't feel correct to me either because it doesn't focus on enough members of the monarchy. Yeah, because you've got Charles doing his thing in the background and Philip got- being. Philip yeah. everywhere, which was another amazing performance. So I just sat there being like, oh, no, Jen, I don't like you. Jen they really didn't superb. rescue the Duke in this, did no, they? No, not the, at all. The Duke is not someone that I think ever um, needed rescuing, nor I think would have cared particularly. No. <laughs> Look, at least you didn't say anything terribly racist. He yeah. was homophobic and that was about it. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it's one of those interesting things where, because it is the Queen's perspective mm. on those events... Unless you're going to give it a the Queen colon the Diana event, the yeah. Diana event or Diana whatever. Like, another day or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I don't know what else you call it unless you focus you shift the focus away from the Queen and onto Diana mm. or mm. Blair. Um, what I what I think 
is fascinating and I think ties in with the whole idea of calling it the Queen is that um, this it was a, a really intense character study mm. in terms of you saw facets of her being at her most um, vulnerable and human and then the you know the firm kicks in and uh, she's very autocratic and very rigid. Um, I, I that and I think maybe that's the point of it, where they they went, you know what? Let's just show the monarch as a human being. Mm. I also uh, think mm. this was a time when she did go through that realization change from sort of her father's way of doing mm. the head of state to a slightly more mm. modern look at it perspective wise because mm. she had to deal with things like technology that was expecting live crosses to you the head of state you mm. the monarch where before a statement would have been enough yeah and i think we've seen it a lot recently with charles as well where um, you know, I, those of you who are listening, if you remember the pen incident, you sort of see you're seeing a more public version of grief because he can't get away from the cameras where mm. she could say ensconced in Balmoral, mm. dealing with the boys, dealing with Charles, dealing with her own yeah. f- emotions, whatever those might or might not have been, whether this is accurate or not. Yeah. And um, I, that we don't get today. I, I think it is fascinating to consider that. The, the the events depicted in this film took place 25 years mm, ago mm. which is a lot longer than it feels like but also the fact that so she then had another quarter century as the queen and this this event had obviously had a massive impact on the royal family it had a massive impact on um you know how people viewed the queen it mm. certainly impacted charles they address it in this film where it's you know where it's that that line of uh they hate us not us darling <laughs> it's it, it is really like it, it is a significant event um absolutely and I, this I, coincided I, also at that time mm. where the um the change of um what's the word uh focus you know we're, we're in terms of like news events and so on Mm. we're entering a, a, that, that phase of 24-hour news yeah. coverage, mm. the, 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 the need for content, the, the rise of you know the Fox News as the CNNs, mm. the, the cable television um, TV network. So, yeah, I, I, I think they also you know, tried to bring that in as well in terms of um, mm. suggesting that everything they did from here on in it would be heavily scrutinised. And the thing that the thing is though, because this is, we were talking before we started recording this half of the the program. So, I was seven, about to turn eight, when this happened. So and was I. The yeah. thing that I distinctly remember was the fact that it was on television and it was on the news for days on end. But, like, news reports that are used in this film are the same news reports that I watched. Mm-hmm. I saw Trevor McDonald pop up, and I was like, I watched that news report when it happened live. And so seeing this sort of slice of life, like, it, it is interesting, Mary, because I do think that the role of television news and print news is explored in a really interesting way. But because of where we've gone 25 years on, it does feel like it's more of a time capsule mm-hmm. because we now have social media but you know we, we, and we we have been able to see what the modern version of of 
a royal funeral is like because of the passing of the queen even though the circumstances are different and as we say you know she was 96 and passed away peacefully and it wasn't this big tragic thing and there hasn't been so far a massive examination of where the royal family sits there isn't that that pressure that was there in 97 because it was palpable even as a child like i was i was saying it was the first time i'd seen adults being upset about something that didn't directly affect them Mm. It, it was it was a really interesting time period and i think that Whilst watching this film, a bit of me went, oh, this is a little bit melodramatic. And then I went, but it no. wasn't. Mm. It really, like, for, for for the Queen, for the Royals, for and, and for the government. Because obviously, you know, you've got a brand new government and suddenly you've got a, a crisis with the thing that your government forms around. Like, this was big, big crisis time. Yeah. I thought it was really interesting as well. The um, There were little bits in there that made me... Th- think about the more more recent events like um the statement that she makes in the conversation with the queen mother Mm. because saying elizabeth is going to get very confusing (laughs) if i do that thank you film for not doing for absolutely doing that and making my brain hurt for a second just say mummy just say mummy um with the conversation about i will do 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 my duty for the for all of my life or something along those general lines and she did because mm. she was working the day before she died and your brain just kind of goes oh prescient hello i didn't mm. expect to get whacked over the head with that today mm. and just those little moments of like uh, at the end it's the comment about whether that you, she's never been hated like that before and that idea knowing now what the outpouring of grief across the world has been mm. is an interesting like it's a very interesting film to watch now yeah it, because it, of all of that yeah given how much we've because of things like social media and 24 hour news. I mean, ABC news has had the queen's death as one of its title slides alongside coronavirus this week. Like mm. it's, you know, it's a hundred percent in the zeitgeist and right in your face all the time. Yeah. And I think it's, it's interesting to consider and I feel like we're getting away from the film itself, mm. but, but it is kind of a crucial part of this film um, is, is considering the impact that this event had on how, the general public view their interaction with royalty. It sort of cemented the fact that royalty is now essentially another arm of the entertainment business. Celebrity. Yeah. Mm. Even though, and the, the, you see that with the footage of like Tom Hanks and Spielberg and Elton John at the funeral in the same chapel where we mm-hmm. just have watched the, the, the Queen's funeral 25 years later. And it, it but it's interesting that, yeah, that the, the it's very much more of a seen more as an entertainment event, even though it isn't because the royal family has tremendous amounts of say and power in the governing of people's lives around the world to this day still. Uh, it, Yeah, and I think the film, I think maybe this is perhaps a sign that it's a good film, is that it really sparked a lot of those questions about current events in my mind to the point where I kind of forgot I was watching a film. I've, I felt very immersed yeah. in that time period. And Murray, as, as someone who was not a child in that time period, h- how was the immersion for you? In terms of, sorry? Well, in terms of, did it feel... Did, did it, I mean, obviously you weren't in the UK at the time. No. But, but did it sort of capture yeah. elements of that for you? Oh, for sure. I mean, yeah, it was it was twenty four seven here as well in terms of the coverage and you know the build up of the flowers at the palace gate and um, the the 
images of people looking shocked and upset and and so on i mean personally for me it was it was just it felt surreal mm. um i i don't suppose i really felt all that close or attached to any of the monarchy or, or to to diana personally so it i wasn't in tears or anything that i recall but you know it was just it was one of those things like oh, it's just this is weird isn't it mm. um yeah, it was. It's a bit. It was a bit like a, a celebrity has passed, and that must have some sort of profound meaning. Um, mm. Yeah, I, I thought it was really like. I was thinking about some of the other scenes in the film because obviously the ending rings so true to what's happened more recently. I mm. think, but the sort of idea in the middle of. Um, you know, they're going to go for a hunt because that'll <laughs> distract the boys. Mm. And you've got the newspaper being like, they're out of touch. And you're like, kind of. Yeah. But also what is best intent and mm. all of these things that I think it's an, it's an interesting film because it does leave you kind of going, I'd not thought about it that way yeah. necessarily. Mm. Well, it, it, they, they hammer home that the idea uh, or the, the reality that... Um, for the royal family, first and foremost, it's all about protocol, isn't it? Mm. It's protocol and tradition. Mm. And these people, you know, these strange family who live in complete opulence and and to a certain degree cut off from the, the rest of the world, um, yeah, they regard that duty and that formality above everything, mm. including... Uh, having what we would consider a a humanistic response to um, extraordinary events, uh, and, and they came back to this time and again with the advice that she was given. You know, you've got to put on this face at this particular time, which I I guess must be quite galling to be told how you must act, mm. Mm. particularly when you've been a monarch for forty five years at this point, and not many people tell you how to act and that, that, that was the great you. thing about the performance of, mm. of Helen Mirren in this is that she looks throughout this confused mm. as yeah. to why everyone else is acting like they are she, and she looks the right kind of confused because yeah. I've seen plenty of films where actors look confused but it's not not, the good not, for, not for good reasons well, but she does this wonderful just it, it's a really hard job I think particularly considering that this film was made less than 10 years after um, the events that are depicted and Queen Elizabeth is at that time very much still alive very much still on the throne uh, everyone who is depicted in the film as characters by actors are still alive Tony Blair is still the Prime Minister when this film is released I'm just trying to work out whether everyone who is was the Queen Mother still alive? No, the Queen Mother had passed. Yes. So she I was going to say, I'm like, yeah. I don't know that that's Sorry. true because yes. I couldn't work out. Sorry, yes, the, qu- the, the Queen, queen Mother. And, and Margaret had yes. passed. Yes. Mar- yeah, the Margaret, but Margaret, Margaret was in Tuscany. She didn't appear in Ma- this film. Margaret got mentioned. Mm. Um, Sorry, but- my sister got mentioned. <laughs> yes. Um, but So you have very much like all of these figures are still very present. Yeah. And so from a writing, directing, but I think particularly a performing aspect, one, you have to do your job well just in yes. general. And so you're like, right, I'm playing the Queen. And we have the real queen for me to be compared to. So I know I've got to nail that. But then on top of that, 
the queen she's gonna see this the queen she's gonna be made at the very least made aware of it yeah. <laughs> like you know um, let's be realistic she's gonna see this film for all intents and purposes someone's yeah. gonna have seen it and tell her about yeah. the film yeah prince harry's gonna pull up youtube going this is a new thing and the movie's on it well, apparently she's seen she saw bits of um the crown or at least harry definitely watched bits of of mm. the ground but anyway not yeah. like long story short yeah uh, and so for helen mirren she has to balance our public view of who the queen is uh you know because if she suddenly kicked down the door and was like get up bozos we'd be like that's not how the queen behaves that's inappropriate that's a different film Stephen. Mm. and then and then on top of that yes you have the fact that the real person who is a head of state and I'm going to say, probably had the power to like make your life difficult if they really didn't like what Do you, you did. Do you want your passport, Helen? I might just <laughs> take that. Thank you. Yes. Um, um. <laughs> yeah, and so I, I think it's a it's a really tricky balancing act. And I, I think Helen Mirren's fantastic. I think that you can absolutely see enough of the Queen in it mm. to be like, it's the Queen. Because yeah. I, I, even I said in the middle of the film, I was like, she's got the walk down. I, mm. Like, you know... Little things like that, but she was also enough not the queen that I didn't sit there and pick apart the bits where it wasn't mm. right. She'd done a really good study of the queen and taken all of the essence of the queen mm. and put it on the... There was only like one moment where I went, oh, there's a Helen Mirren face, but I'd missed it in all of the rest of it. I yeah. wasn't like, I'm looking at Helen Mirren. It was just... I think it was the bit with the stag and it's just the turnaround and I was like... Helen Mirren's face. Cool. <laughs> but also, I, th- I think that's a really interesting scene because that is the one scene where they depict the Queen having Capital emotions. vulnerable, yeah. And I think it's really interesting they don't shoot her front on when she's having a cry. And we don't we don't physically see the Queen cry, but we, we see... leftover tears, but yeah. we don't see the actual crying. Yeah. And I think that's... Uh, it's a very I, good choice. It, yeah, because public face it would be weird seeing the my stamp that i have to lick cry like it's because you still the, use stamps okay, <laughs> yeah, you okay still lick not. your stamps Stephen. <laughs> yes i do when i have to send a letter i occasionally will lick a stamp because it's fun you send letters Stephen. letters sorry when i have to send my letters when i'm sending my 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 christmas cards yes there we are yes <laughs> um, postcards but brought but, but the queen's face yeah. is is public property yeah. And I think there's a really clear acknowledgement of that from the filmmakers where they've gone, but she's also a human being mm-hmm. and she would be upset for whatever reason at that point in in the story. It makes sense for her to just try and get those emotions out and That's... and have a cry. But But we don't need to see her front on sobbing into a river. I also think it's fascinating that we don't see her emotional with Philip. We only see her emotional... In the middle of Balmoral, after a car breakdown, mm. sitting waiting for someone to come to her. Uh, well, just, that's that's, it. that's the yeah. It's the one time where she's on her own, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. Well, that's the without thing, someone right? barging through the door and saying, "Ma'am, telephone." And and being emotional in front of Philip, I kind of feel like would would not be useful. Mm. <laughs> no, and I feel like the only other like my <laughs> this is my brain. Like, when else would she be by herself? Maybe on the loo, and that's yeah. like maybe she did have a little duck off to the loo on occasion. Who knows? Well, I'm sure there's still a hand appears around the door. Toilet paper, madam? Yeah. yeah well. I mean, there have been royal bottom wipers for previous monarchs. Yes. I don't believe Elizabeth employed one, but certain of her precedents did. Yeah. Um, can we talk a little bit about Michael Sheen? Oh, so good. Or should I say, how did they get Tony Blair to just act in this oh film? God. Because Michael Sheen... He does a wonderful job. Yeah. Um, and we, we. this is one of 
several films where Michael Sheen plays Tony Blair. Can you blame them for going back to that no. well? He's incredible. He he is, but I also want to say a big up for um, Helen McCrory oh. playing, oh. playing um, Cherie. Yeah, speaking of late great queens, oh, Helen McCrory just... was fabulous yeah. and dearly missed. Dearly cause... missed. I thought they made a great double act. Mm. I'm glad I double-checked like where I knew her name from before we started watching the film, because otherwise my brain was going to be sitting there. Glad I could just enjoy her performance, not be like... Oh, I know you've yeah, doing something. Um, she nailed Cherie she, Blair. She, she did. absolutely does. And um, is in it the right amount to... Mm. Is not... Because you could very easily have over put her wonderful performance in this film. Yeah. And, and they don't. And had her as being more of an antagonist yeah. for the royal family. Well, she, she is an antagonistic presence for the royals, even though she only shares one scene with them. But it's it's really interesting that Tony Blair feels like he's being used to sort of like contrast the protocol view yes. but he's not fully the opposite from the royal family he's in many ways kind of in the similar position he's he's a public figure he's new on the scene um he but he y- you get the sense that he same problem different res- angle yeah but he but he also respects monarchy and i think that became very clear both in throughout this film and for the real tony blair i love that scene at the end where he um or towards the end where he rips into his press secretary. Uh, Alistair oh. Campbell. Um, it reminded me of that, that uh, scene in The Office where um, Ricky Gervais finally tells, um, oh, what's his, his mate who's always putting him down, mm. uh, basically to you know, F off. Yeah. Um, it was, yeah, it was just so good and you needed that at mm. some stage. And we hated his, like, press secretary so much by that point that we were like yes tony yeah funnily enough funnily enough they they actually nailed alistair campbell they didn't have to make him any more of a dick that's just what he was like (laughs) i'm thinking to myself i wonder if that's the scene that the queen watched and went yes yes i like this film at last (laughs) yeah i i I thought it was really like i think what they did is really interesting in that they took all of these figures that not only existed in real life but were still in prominent Mm. positions largely and they managed to get them to fit the sort of film tropes that you would expect of like a fictionalized version the of these events. Were there, yeah. But also made it feel like, like, because I'm sure Alistair Campbell didn't spend the entire week of Princess Diana's death going, <laughs> how can I manipulate this? I'm sure he did a bit of that because he's Alistair Campbell. But I don't think he was like cackling the whole time while he was doing the speeches. No, that's the person whose perspective I want to hear yeah. on this film. <laughs> Alistair Campbell. Do you think you were that much of a dick? Yeah. Um, I mean, and, you know, I'm sure he was at yeah. times. But he wouldn't have been for the entire week. And no. I felt like but in the film they do a really good job of representing the fact that, yeah, not everybody actually was emotionally connected to this story. Some, And, and particularly when you consider British tabloid press culture mm. and press culture in general in the late 90s. Yeah. I feel as though the Campbell character is used to reflect the fact that they're like, ah, yes, misery, that's good. We'll pour more of that on to sell papers. And let's just sprinkle it with a bit of condescension. Wonderful. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So Alistair Campbell, I think, whilst I don't think was treated that rough, has also been treated a little bit rough, I feel like, because he fills that archetype. Mm. Um, uh, yeah. It's, it's, it, but yeah. But God, Michael Shane is yeah. really good. Even down to the like awkwardly backing out of the room at the start. That's, yeah, I was going like, to say Mwah. that, that, that uh, complete lack of confidence in what he's doing. How do I go backwards and where's the door? And that thing where any, if anyone's ever backed up 
out of a room or anything. He's like, mm. where am I going to run into anything? And the, the patented Michael Sheen smile, the one that says, you don't know what you're doing, yeah. do you? Yeah. Um, I'm also really glad that this film didn't try and rely on the boys too much. So there wasn't a lot of... Mm. Harry and Harry. Will. You, you never in actually there. saw faces. Um, no, and yeah. it was a very aside from in found like uh, original footage, mm. but and I think that's a really strong choice, but a choice that a lot of other directors and filmmakers might not have made. Yeah, they could have played up the. Um, grandmotherliness yeah and the the sad children going grandmama where's mother gone like that kind of thing or or even daddy where's mummy gone yeah there's not even charles and them aside from that little bit in the bedroom it's all they're out shooting they're in suits but it was important that they had that scene with the bedroom Mm. and i think i think it's interesting because as we were watching it we were going oh charles is getting out pretty pretty well in this film um, and I have to say that um, Al- Alex Jennings, oh. really good Prince Charles impression, yeah. even though his ears weren't quite right. But Yeah, the <laughs> um, cut was a little wonky too, but that's yeah. okay. But, but he sounded he like was him. correct. And he had yeah. the walk. He had the yeah. walk down too. They'd all, they all mm. did the physicalization yeah. really well in this film. It was, But I, I feel like it's interesting how... Because the thing is, is, we all come to films, particularly when it's based on public figures, and particularly when it comes to the royal family, we all have our viewpoints on them. You'll, mm. you'll get person sat in seat A going, I love the Queen and I hate Charles. And you get person in seat B going, all the royals are awful. And the person in seat C is going to go, ah, Tony Blair, blah, blah, blah. Or, yeah, and the, everyone's going to have different viewpoints. Everyone's entitled to their own opinion. They're also entitled to be wrong. Yeah. Um, but, but but the thing is, is like, it, it did feel like, from, from my perspective, they've made Charles quite sympathetic. But for the purposes of the film... I think that makes sense. Even though he wasn't married to Diana and that they were separated, it's still someone that he clearly loved at one point. Yeah. And it's still someone who he, at no point in that film, do you ever get the sense that Charles didn't acknowledge the importance of Diana no. in his children's life. They, they did suggest some duplicity, though, and that uh, part of it was out of fear that they someone would hate him so much he'd be shot yeah yeah that's there the, was that th- there is that yeah there's also a nice light dusting of camilla mentioned in there too yeah. just for just to take the edge off but again it's the the queen consort yeah i'll, I'll have you yes, there. thank you yes um in this film she's referred to as camilla parker balls yes um so i shall refer to her by her uh, character title yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's all right with you um but you know there was there was enough in there about they got divorced, which to people who know about the royal, like the monarchy, that's a capital B big deal. Mm. It's not um, nothing to be snuffed at at yeah. the time, but it, and it, given it was only a year on, that mm. is a you know yeah is a thing too. And I think Charles gets off even more lightly when you consider the fact that we have footage of the real Diana talking in that interview where she's saying well there were three of us in this relationship essentially mm-hmm. saying the reason that we fell apart yeah. is because he ran off with another woman mm-hmm. um only after the marriage had broken down irretrievably oh thank you uh, king charles iii for <laughs> dropping in i understand this is a very busy time for you thank uh, thank you so much for yes. dropping in not thank at you. all Stephen. Thank you. Excellent. Uh, would, you, would you like a free pen? <laughs> <laughs> I promise it works. Yeah. <laughs> um, Bloody thing. Uh, but yeah, it's it, it, it's just a really fascinating thing that we don't see done very often where it's such a contemporary issue and then feels even more contemporary because of events that take place 25 years later. And it's it, it is just a really 
fascinating film. And one of the things I wanted to touch on before we move on mm. was the use of footage of Princess Diana mm. throughout her life. I, My feeling was I think it was a good choice to not cast an actor to play Princess yeah. Diana. At the same time, I just wrote down the word mawkish question mark as we were watching like the the sequence the montage around her death where we saw like footage that they'd created of paparazzi on bikes flashing the cameras and chasing after we did have an actor playing diana for like two seconds for two seconds yeah Yeah. but then the rest of it is like you know it's it's all been intercut with this montage footage of her and dodie al-fayed and and all of that that sequence did make me go yuck I, I i i because we all know what happened i kind of felt like we didn't need the, to see it the only reason i think it worked really well for me anyway mm. was there is this constant mention throughout the film and i'm sure is the same conversation that people were having at the time within the royal family and the royal staff of the public diana versus the private diana mm. And I think it's a really good way to show the sort of how the, the counterpoint to how the royals behave on how she was behaving at the time, mm. which gives you some reason for the queen to have those initial responses of, mm. well, no, the Spencers want a private funeral and we should just let them do that because this is not a royal thing. Yeah. Because she's not a working royal. And, you know, it does make me wonder what would currently happen with. Uh, Harry and Meghan Markle given they are not working royals either yeah Um, and I think that interplay of like this is how she was behaving no Mm. wonder the royals did not Mm. respond emotively Mm. it's an it's interesting because I don't because I wasn't in the UK I was here and Mm. I was seven I don't have a lot of memories of Diana that aren't her death and the stuff afterwards. Right. I don't have a lot of pre-Diana, pre-death memories of Diana. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I kind of, I kind of disagree with you, That's Stephen. Fine. Go on then. Um, in in terms of, I, I think, look, you, you're right. We do know the story, mm. but the important thing there was let's remind everyone this was a sympathetic character, right? Mm. Someone who was very dearly loved um, by a lot of people for Mm. the work that she did and that and and reminding us that throughout her life from the age of 18 onwards she was constantly under press scrutiny Mm. so setting it up from that perspective there's your sympathetic character we've just killed her Mm. And now we're going to introduce the people who were in her lives, and you might not feel as sympathetic towards them. Yeah. And that's going to be the journey. The journey is going to be to see whether or not we can claw that back. Or if you do feel sympathetic towards them, don't forget this part of it. Yeah, I I guess it's more... It it felt mawkish to depict the night of the death. The, The rest of the montage stuff I was okay with. And I was like, actually, I think this is a good choice. Mm. And I think even having flashes of her during the funeral and like they almost have this sort of like you have the shot of Helen Mirren as the queen and then it flashes to a shot of Diana just at an event looking somewhere, almost as though it's like the end of their confrontation because they did set up that the queen Mm. and Diana were not on good terms. 
Um, but I, I think it was more just. The, I think Walker the, yeah. should have been a, an image of a wrecked car in a in a smoking and I, I, I kind of feel like filming yeah. the car out of control like the perspective of the car out of control going into the tunnel where it happened for me i was like i i didn't need that i i almost feel as though you could have quite effectively had this happen sure with with the montage and all of that and then suddenly bam roger alamance is the fan i think i think you needed the paparazzi chasing her off I don't know okay. that. I I know what yeah. you mean. Maybe you didn't need the the whole length of it, but yeah. I think you needed some of it. And I think if they had mm. used that footage that I have burned in my memory of the car and yeah. the stuff afterwards, I'm glad they didn't choose to yes. use that because I think that would have been too much. Yeah, just and also um, mm. it's a it's a very interesting pushing an audience isn't it? pushing an audience in 2006. Mm to have a very specific reaction because a lot of the people that would have seen this film would remember that footage mm. and that becomes the moment where you're like, okay, hey, you remember those feelings you had nine years ago? Here We're going to pull them out of you like yeah. right now in the middle of a cinema when you're probably not ready for it. Yeah. Have fun. Um, which yeah. I'm glad they didn't do. So I think a bit of the found, like intersplicing the found with that lo- creating the mm. night, I think is important yeah. so that you're not just grabbing someone by the heart yanking it out of their chest in the middle of a movie cinema. And it could entirely be just because I was there. I was a child mm. and clearly they were very formative memories for me in terms of as a media experience and as yeah. like a big public experience. So perhaps, I, I don't know, maybe we need to get a control group of like 100 non-British people and 100, then 100 British people and watch this film and see... Well, I was also going to say you could easily ask someone who is 25. Because, mm. you know those of us who are in the room, none of us are under 30. So we all have the memories of mm. when this happened, where when, if you ask someone who went, if they were four, like, yeah. I don't think my brother has any memories of this. Yeah. He would have been just shy of a good six where mm. I'm just, where I was just shy of yeah. eight. And that's probably the thing, Stephen, you've got to remember that not necessarily everybody who saw this film would necessarily know what the circumstances were leading up to it. Strangely mm. enough, or oddly, odd as that may sound, yeah. And as time goes on, that will increasingly be the case. Yeah, mm. yeah. So, I, look, I don't disagree with you. Mm. Uh, I, I think we both agreed that the flash edit of the paparazzi interfering in her life, leading up to mm. the image of the car going the title in, into the tunnel, that was effective. Yes. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's, it's, I suppose it's just a question of taste at this point. Yeah, and, and also a question of what do you need as a viewer? And yeah, you, what and, you and need like, and what someone else needs are going to be different anyway. And yeah, and I should say, I wasn't sat there going, well, this is a bad film now. And I understand the decision. I think it's more just, yeah, a taste thing. I would have probably, were I directing this film for whatever reason, I probably wouldn't have gone to that particular extent. But, you know, everyone has their different mm. tastes. And... I just can't get over how good this film is. I, I was really not sure what to expect coming into this. And then, I mean, Roger Allen turning up in the first five minutes of any film is always going to get me on board. I'm just going to throw that out there. Um, and he's fantastic in this. Although, kind of quite quite a drawn back character for him <laughs> in some yeah. respects. Um, but he's he's just wonderful. I don't think there is a person who's truly miscast or out mm. of place in any of the... Um any of the core roles or even any of the minor supporting, mm. you know, there's probably some little 
kid in the crowd who's maybe not wearing the right shirt or something. But yeah. you know, in general, I think it's fine. Um, yeah, no, it's fine it's, casting. It's it's just done tremendously well. Mm. Would you like some trivia about the Queen the movie? Yes, please. Okay, all of this trivia comes from IMDb, so if it's not true, don't blame me. And just to clarify, this is not trivia about the Queen the person. Yes, yes. this is this is trivia about the film that we just watched. This is yes. where we learned that they originally were going to cast Amy Schumer as the mm-hmm. Queen. Mm. Uh, yikes. Uh, scenes within the royal household were shot on 35mm film so that they would look lush and cinematic. Mm. Scenes within Blair's world were shot on 16mm film so it looked more like television, in order to give a visual contrast between the commoners and royalty. Oh. Now, I was aware of this coming into watching this film. I deliberately didn't say anything, mm. but I'm, I'm curious for both of you, having seen it. Um, did, did that translate for you? I don't know that I noticed, but that's probably more because I wasn't looking for a difference, to be fair. Mm. Um, I think the, the helpfulness of the general architecture probably yeah. does make that, I think, more effective for, for me. Mm. Um, but mm. it's a cool fact. Yeah, I, I, I think what I noticed was the you know, with a walking around the palace or in mm. one of the, the rooms of the palace or whatever the case may be, just how much room there was. Yeah. Mm. And then Tony Blair's house just yeah. seems so cramped. Yeah. Well, Tony Blair's house, funnily enough, that's that's Ten Downing Street. That's yeah. not some random house. That's mm. that's you know whenever you see the Prime Minister of Britain in a TV show, that's behind that door is what they've gone for. Um, Ten Downing Street was portrayed as slightly dilapidated and middle class because this was supposedly how the resident act- the residence actually was at the time. Uh, the real Cherie Blair was supposedly appalled when she first saw that that's where the family would be living when Blair uh, got the Prime Ministership. Oh wow! Yeah. Like, well, it's it, it, I mean, look. We, we could talk about decorating Downing Street. There's been some recent tenants there who have uh, maybe had the odd decoration here and there mm. that uh, we, we could talk about, but we're not going to. But I do think that this film did a really good job I think of... it is a better depiction than, say, I don't know, yeah. Love Actually's depiction of 10 Downing Street. Yeah. This is a good, solid depiction of Downing Street. Yeah, where Hugh Grant might actually be the king of England and we don't realise yeah. it. Yes. So much space. Yes. Well, he's got he's got to dance. There's yeah. no way you get Michael Sheen doing that dance in that space. It's it's too small. Well, please? Can, can we try it? Mike, Michael? Yeah. I'm, I'm sure he'd be game. But <laughs> I, I, I did like the keeping it quite... Um, normal. Yeah, normal, familial. Um, for for the Blairs and mm. for their kids, because the thing with Tony Blair and Cherie Blair and all of that is that and it's hard to think that now they were really popular. People genuinely really liked the Blairs right up until about I don't right know until they didn't early two thousand and three. It might have been about that time that uh, he committed to go to uh, to to Iraq. Yeah, yeah, it might have been, yeah, some something around there. So it's sort of like March 2003, something yeah. happened around about then that changed it. And I do think that that line that Elizabeth says about, you know, they love you until they don't, don't. yeah, was, was very much directed at that. Because by the time this film came out, uh, I'm not saying uh, Tony Blair was persona non grata. They but, didn't love him so much anymore. No, no, he was very much more B liar as opposed to Blair yeah. uh, <laughs> at that point, which was, um, yeah, I... I I'm I'm just thinking back on it. I'm just shocked he was prime minister for so long. That's I think the most interesting thing is people. That's a fact that people don't realise. Mm. Um, I am a closeted politics nerd, mm. and uh, yeah, it is a it is fascinating to see how long some people are in politics that and people go really. I'm like, mm. Mm, 
Mm-hmm. I mean, longer I, than you thought. I mean, I did love the line uh, where they uh, said, uh, "Oh, Tony, Gordon's on the phone, implying yeah. it's Gordon Brown." He said, "Tell him to wait." I was like, "Yeah, about ten years." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that that uh, line where the Queen says, "You're you're the tenth Prime Minister I've had," Dead. and I'm thinking about it, in the last four or five years, she's had four of them. Five. She met because uh-huh. she met the most. She met Liz Truss, so it's it's. Fu- yeah. She had fifteen in her total reign. Yeah, Liz Truss. May have finished her off. Just, I, I do love the it, moment of, uh, of you're my tenth. My first was Winston Winston Churchill, and I was yeah. just like, it was, yeah, <laughs> it, it was. I mean, was, she. I, I bet she said that to every subsequent prime minister, though. Oh, yeah. Where she was just like, yeah, you think you you think you're hot shit. Maybe not the second one. Maybe the one after. Maybe yeah. from like three onwards. Maybe like post Margaret Thatcher. Maybe maybe after. Oh that. no! I wish. I hope. I, I just, yeah. just part of me hopes that. Mm. I think. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Maybe. I think I'd rather a man was sitting in that chair. <laughs> it becomes the energy of that sentence yeah. in, that, in that moment. Part of me just thinks that she had to put up with a weekly meeting with Boris Johnson for yeah. several years. Like that's... I don't know. I don't know whether she did it. I all think the she would have just thrown some Lego on the floor, Stephen. Mm. Charles, just go to that meeting with Boris for me. I don't feel yes. like going today. Yeah. Now that's that really is a public service. You know, we we salute you, ma'am. Wow, um, ma'am. As in ham. Mam as in ham, not yes. mom as in ha- as in farm. Yes. yes. Which is just oh, speaking to the, the performing side of things. Um, Noted for any future references to the Queen ever. Yes. No, absolutely. And uh, yeah, I think Liz Truss may have just been one too many for her. I think mm. she maybe was like, oh, I've given up. I can't remember. Hit 15. Who. I'm done. I'm out. Bye. Yeah. Um, some aspects of the characters are known to be true to their real life counterparts, one would hope. Mm. Um, Sheree Blair's hostility to the monarchy has been widely reported, mm. including her refusal to curtsy, which was said to amuse the Queen in private. Um, according to Peter Morgan, the screenwriter, cabbage was an actual term of endearment Prince Philip did use for his wife. I've heard this before. I've heard this before, mm. yeah. Yeah. Just move over, cabbage. It was like, oh, I loved nice. all the little tiny bits where they were just like, he's peppering in some fun things for you if mm. you're a monarchy nerd. Well, just, yeah, like the, the, the queen mum and her uh, her beverages. Um, uh, I was just like, yep, yep, that, uh, that's about right for I the mean, time of day. I mean, my favourite one was uh, that she's not allowed to vote. I would like to make it clear that that's not technically true, but they, they, they don't. Mm. But, le- like, they can. Mm-hmm. But they don't. Kate, would you like me to introduce a new segment called What, what the Politics? politics? No, not uh, really. Th- there isn't a lot of... Okay, actually, no. I do have a What no, the Science. No. Yes. Um, when the Queen's car breaks down in the river, yes. um, could could she have technically fixed that herself? Remind me what broke? The I know it was at the front. See, I wasn't a mechanic in the world. No, I don't think so, because it was... Um... It's, it, it, it was, was axle yeah, kind of related, but yeah, it wasn't an axle. And it, axle, it, and wasn't and it was sure. something that, that completely screwed up the four-wheel drive. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. It's not like I, it's I, not like it was something electrical or mechanical. No, okay. I think what it was is there's a piece that nominally connects the front and back wheels, mm-hmm. which is like an axle, but it's not. And I think that's what broke, because in a four-wheel drive slash an all-wheel drive, you have to have... Mm-hmm. The front, like it, it, your, the motors control all of them. But if you don't have that piece, that you can't fix it. But I'm not. Please, caveat: I am not a mechanic, and you should please go to your local mechanics if you ever have mm. vehicular issues. I, I, I like the fact she got out of the car and recognised what had gone wrong. Mm. I was and a mechanic what, in the. I was walk. just waiting for her to say to her um, groundsman, "Just bring me a welding torch. I'll fix it." Actually, another what the science question. Yeah. Now that I'm thinking about it. Of course. Um, the flowers. Because obviously there was a lot of flowers. Yes. Um, 
is there anything that you can actually do with that many dead flowers? So, uh, like, a week after you've got all of this, what's essentially compost, I guess, or mulch? Like, you've got this plant matter which is breaking down. Mm. Is there anything that one could actually feasibly do with that plant matter that would be useful in any way? Or does it all just kind of have to go to the tip? Um, it sort of depends. I think the problem that you would run into is that, especially in 1997, they were all wrapped in bits of plastic. Mm. So it'd be extricating the plastic that's your tricky bit because it's wrapped around all your flowers. If you can do that, Mm. you can compost your flowers. You could have a nice little, you know, I'm sure the snails would love it or whatever, worms Mm. out the back. But um, I think your big problem is the sheer amount of plastic that you'd need to get through um and then what you do with that because you, you you'd have that. to separate them yeah yeah because um as as we all know when we separate our rubbish um your soft plastics could go in one bin or they couldn't at the time but you mm. know have to go in one bin and then your green matter would go in in a separate trash essentially yeah. okay now it was just i was thinking i think it was because i was thinking about what do they do with all the flowers for the queen's um memorial I, I stuff love, i love that my brain was going okay so we're a week in those ones that are the closest to the fence are getting rotten yeah. and disgusting and oh yeah ugh. yeah they're big putrefying something yep. something especially fierce. under all that plastic in the sun like oh ugh. yeah gross yuck yuck indeed um dame helen mirren was praised by queen elizabeth ii for her performance yeah. so uh royalty of, of approval there for the dame uh she was invited for dinner at buckingham palace but could not attend due to other oh, filming commitments good. at the time because she's she's a busy actor she's like i'm sorry you madge but uh i gotta go play prospera or whatever she did someone next. someone else yeah um i, I mm. wonder if she ever did because uh, when did she become dame helen mirren that is a good question. I currently don't know the answer I will answer search to. that while you do your next fact. Okay. I will, ca- I will catch up with you. Well, my next fact involves the director, Stephen Frears, and the screenwriter, Peter Morgan. Uh, they were both out of the country the week that Princess Diana died. Uh, Morgan claimed to have been getting married at the exact time that the princess's funeral was taking place. Um, both men felt that being geographically removed from that highly emotional week in Britain better prepared them to work more objectively on this film. And... I'm not sure that I disagree with that. I think just it it is quite an objective look for what was and probably remains still quite an emotive issue for a lot of people. Yeah, I don't don't know if it would have made that much difference, to be honest. I mean, you you, you think about um, people who've made films about 9-11 and so on, who a lot of them would have been in New York at that particular time. Mm. I don't know if it necessarily would have Coloured the the way you you went about it because mm. you know, you're a professional working in that in that particular industry, aren't you? Yeah. I, I wonder whether you take into consideration the effect and affect that these things have on people, and thus make sure that you are less likely to say something that is too controversial mm. around a topic that people had quite staunch. But regardless mm. of whether you were there or you weren't there, you would have had a reaction to the news that, mm. that you know, Diana had passed away. Mm. You would have formulated your opinion yeah. on how you felt about that. And in the days after when you're observing, because it's 24-hour news... Um, 
how the the royals are reacting, you would have at that time formulated your own yeah. personal opinion mm. on that as well. So yeah. I'm not convinced. Okay, uh, Dame update. I have I have a Dame update. Okay. Um, Dame Helen Mirren was already Dame Helen Mirren when this film came out. Oh, uh, she became a Dame in the 2000 and. Three Queen's Birthday Honours. Okay. Uh, and her investiture took place at Buckingham Palace. So it is quite plausible. She had already met the Queen and was just like, you know what? I've played you now. I've met you before. I don't need to come. Yeah. She's like, I'm, I'm too busy. I'm Got other things to do. Yes. Uh, this was not the only time that Helen Mirren played Queen Elizabeth II. Uh, she also played her in the Broadway play The Audience, for which Mirren won the Tony Award. Yeah. So she's she's good at doing the queen. She's she's like the ultimate queen celebrity impersonator. I think she's played Catherine the Great as well. Maybe she just makes a habit out of playing. Yeah, she's done that. She's played yeah. Elizabeth the First. She's it's it's almost as though maybe there aren't that many roles for powerful female characters in in theatre and entertainment. I don't know if you have a thought on that, Kate. So many thoughts about it, and I am yet <laughs> to find a venue to stand and have many opinions about that. Potentially Perth Fringe 2023. We will see. I was unsuccessful at the venue I would like, so I now need to investigate some alternative venues. But yes, there is much to be said. Okay. Well, if worst comes to worst, you can have a venue on here. We'll set up, we'll set up the mics again. <laughs> maybe we'll maybe monarchs are the only session. roles that Helen gets offered mm. that she can keep her, her, her clothes on. That's true, yeah. And yeah, she didn't get anywhere near getting getting naked in this no, film. So. No, that would not have been a good look for this film. No, no, absolutely not. Uh, Alex Jennings, who played Prince Charles in this movie, played his granduncle, the Duke of Windsor, um, the abdicated King Edward VIII in The Crown. Ha! So, mm, that's great. Yes, I love that. they brought him back. Uh, obviously, Peter Morgan, uh, who wrote both shows, is probably like, "Oh, we'll get Alex in. He can probably he's, he'll be fine. Yeah, he'll, he, he's, he's got this. He can play a few rungs back on the uh, generational ladder." The final bit of trivia: the five corgis who portrayed the Queen's dogs in this film mm. won the 2007 London Film Festival's first ever Fido Award for dogs in movies. Yes. They won Best in World and Best Historical. <laughs> Uh, they were owned by Liz Smith, a retired UK ca- uh, caterer, uh, and were discovered by a movie scout at an obedience competition, which yes. sounds very royal. It also uh, sounds correct you... when you want acting dogs, because oh, yeah. rule, rule one in performance, mm. yeah. Well, that leads me to believe, therefore, given one of them was leaping all over Tony in the end credits there... Mm. He must have had a piece of meat or something in his pocket to make the dog behave like that, because otherwise it would be a very, very well-behaved dog. I think the dog was just very excited to meet Michael Sheen. Ah, it's it's a normal reaction. I mean, I did wonder or, because they or did... Tony Blair probably thought of Tony Blair. Yeah. But also, all of the dogs throughout the film stayed remarkably close to Helen Mirren mm. in what was arguably, you know, the Scottish Highlands, and you could have just been like, and bye. If you were a dog who got caught on a scent. I think it was just important to show that the Queen commands uh, royalty and respect. Uh, yes. from, from Regardless everyone. of species. Yes. <laughs> I did like the moment in the kitchen where she looks them out. Oh. Yes. No, but she didn't even say leave. She's just like, I just have to take a phone call. And they all just went, whip. And you're like, yeah. Yeah. Now they know. You, you, you can't. Just casually carrying the tray of meat out the door. It's like, I'm making a souffle. Can this, can this wait? No, it's the Queen. Oh, oh, okay. It's going to fall. No. I'm going to have to start over because you can't serve the Queen a collapsed souffle. Yeah, it, even even though it's her fault, still oh, can't do it. No. Uh, so, all that remains is for us to score the film. 
And Kate, uh, you get to go first because it was your first time watching The Queen, the movie. Uh, What score would you give this film out of 10? Okay, so I can't decide whether I'm being a bit harsh. Mm. And the reason I think I might be being harsh is because of recent events and therefore trying not to overblow this film rather mm. than, than underscore it. You can, so, of course, correct. Yeah, it, it's it's try, trying to course correct there is, is tricky. So I feel like I'm going to give it uh, nine putting your glasses on whilst trying to, about to read something out of ten. Mm. <laughs> because she does do a lot of that. He does, yeah. Well, I mean, they're, they're big glasses, though. They are big. Yeah, and big nineties. Like, period glasses. appropriate. Oh, I remember my my grandmother, who's a couple years younger than the Queen, but had uh, similar similar glasses yeah. at that time. Um, yeah, no, they were very much all the trend with the the older lady in yeah. the UK in the nineties. I feel like nine is fair. I was leaning on eight and a half, and I just was like, "That's not right." I think it's better than that, but I also might be overstating because of recent, recent events. events. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what about yourself, Murray? Uh, look, I, I I like the film. I um, think it's a, a great character study and a wonderful docudrama. Um, probably going to be a bit more conservative. I'll give it um, seven frisky corgis. It's fair. Mm. There probably were about that many if yeah. we counted them all up. Yeah, yeah I, I'm just really impressed with yeah. with how well put together this film was whilst also at the same time kind of going why did they make this film a little bit it, it, it feels odd but then when you consider what has come in terms of royal entertainment subsequently and when you when i realized that this was almost like a dry run for the crown yeah it made me go ah okay i see now. yes i get it um it's it's very good the performances mm. are excellent yeah it is a very engaging film i think it does a really good job of walking that balance between respecting the fact that there are real people who were still alive at the time uh, and also being entertaining and having a little bit of like fun going okay but what was it like when they all found out or what was it like in the days afterwards like what you know what stupid thing did alistair campbell say like all those kind of things um so yeah, I think I think it's very good. I think it's very um, it's very watchable, and I th- it feels like it's very watchable in what remains of twenty twenty two. Yeah, Th- this episode won't be coming out for about another week from when we're recording mm. it, so it will have been three weeks uh, since since the Queen's death. But I feel as though if you're listening to this in twenty twenty two, give and you haven't watched the Queen before listening to the review half. Um, do watch it. Yeah, do watch yeah. it. I, I think it's I think it's worthwhile just to have that that comparison and to mm. have that experience. Um, I will give it um, seven and a half hanging deer corpses out of ten. <laughs> oh, God, because uh, I, I yeah that that's one of the things about the roles that I always forget is so this, is this, the hunting. This isn't a fourteen pointer for you then, Steve. It is not. No, I'm afraid no. not. Um, I, I, might, I might be conservative and just drop mine back to the eight and a half because I do think I am maybe being a little over generous with okay. the nine. I think eight and a half is probably more realistically what I think. Okay. Well, I think the current events are making me soft. Yes. Well, I mean, and fair enough. And we we, we, we can only review how how we view something and how we feel about something oh, at the time. it's like Full Metal Jacket all over again. I was like, I don't know, seven? That's what you give a film <laughs> when you don't know what to do. See, seven. This, is, this is great. I feel like 
at last, I'm the Russian judge. I've given the lowest score. Yes. You are Simon Cowell. Well done, Murray. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, well, that brings us to the end of this uh, in memoriam episode for yes. um, a monarch, which is the first time we've done that. Um, mostly because I don't keep up with what other royal families are doing. Um, but uh, maybe we'll do them for king of norway or whatever we'll, we'll wait and see we'll find something out. we'll find something if they've got good films uh but kate and murray thank you so much for joining me on this episode pleasure Stephen. thank you for having me and for those of you listening at home thank you for listening in uh we have the usual closing of the show uh, materials to run through now let's all hold hands and remember there is a patreon uh, go to patreon.com forward slash ccuc podcast for bonus goodies, features, those sorts of things. For as little as a dollar a month, you can get access to all sorts of fun goodies, uh, including possibly uh, Kate's fringe show if she can't find a venue. We might... Ah, we'll see. <laughs> I, I, oh, venue finding is such a pain in the butt. Yes. Um, we also can be found on Facebook. Uh, just search for us on Facebook, the Cinema Catch-Up Club. Give us a like uh, or a follow. Uh, you, you know, you do, I'm not the queen. I can't tell you what to do. Yeah. Uh, but however you choose to follow, please do, because it is appreciated and you can get news and updates and all that sort of thing. And finally, subscribe. iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, other services are available. Um, please give them a like. Um, I, I really wish there was a service where I could just get these episodes delivered to you by Roger Allen coming in, yeah. just a, a butler or a well, valet coming in and yeah. going mm. uh, by royal appointment. Yes. Well, maybe maybe you could just maybe you could just slide into the like the iTunes uh, comments mm. and just write a little review, just like like uh, Alistair Campbell annotating up the Queen's speech. Yes, I mean I am very much the the people's podcast princess. Is yes, how I would the view people's myself. podcast princess indeed. So yes, uh, if you want to leave us a review, actually, by all means, whatever platform you're using, uh, leave us a review. I think five stars is appropriate i think so i yeah. think it's an excellent podcast yes so just give us five stars uh wherever you are um and uh yeah help help spread the program because um i don't know it's fun it's, it's just fun. yeah it's fun talking to people one day i might even watch a film before coming on the podcast <laughs> let's not get carried away <laughs> okay maybe heaven forfend yes uh, but that is all for this week's episode uh so until next time goodbye Bye bye. Farewell, darlings. Farewell. I do appreciate There's you. There's a royal wave. Yes. yes. Royal waves royal wave. don't, don't. No, no, no. Less with the wrist, more with more with the turning and the other. It's don't... very tiring. Is this translating over a podcast? Yes, no. It's, it's just go, just just go watch the Princess Diaries. If you hold, if you can just hold your device up and just wave it around next to your head like yeah. you're doing a royal wave, yeah. then they'll hear the wave. You have been listening to a Thought Jar Productions podcast. For more information, please visit thoughtjarproductions.com.